Chapter thirty nine of Cutlass and Cudgel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulet. Cutlass and Cudgel by George Manville Fenn. Chapter thirty nine. Archie felt his heart throb as he led the way down the slope every step of which seemed so familiar that he advanced without hesitation the knowledge of how many sturdy men he had at his back keeping away the natural shrinking which under other circumstances he might have felt halt said the master suddenly and then in a whisper to his guide strikes me as they'll have the best of it if they should fight my lad not much replied archie it's as dark for them as it is for us so that they can't take us at a disadvantage. Call on them to surrender again. Aye, to be sure, cried the master, and once more he summoned the smugglers to give in. There was not a sound to suggest his orders were heard. Don't know what to do, my lad, whispered the master again. If we go forward, we're leaving the way open for the enemy to attack the watch at the entrance, and we don't want that. Are you sure they're here? i feel certain of it said archie in the same low tone they must be here but they're hiding so as to try to escape or else to take us at a disadvantage well said gurr let them so long as they come out and fight fair i don't care what they do here four of you stop here dick take command we'll go forward and turn the enemy and try to take them in the rear stand fast if they come at you no pistols but use your cutlasses and we shall come up to you at the least sound to help the men uttered a low aye aye sir speaking as if they were oppressed by the darkness and the master whispered now my lad he said try and give us the shape of the place like archie obeyed and explained where the smuggler's store lay and the pile of little kegs if they had not been moved the place where he had slept and the positions of the huge pillars and heaps of broken stones and you was shut up here all that time and didn't go mad said gurr well you are a wonder tell you what my lad i should just like to make sure that those brandy kegs are still here and then i think we'll be off and come back with lights there's no one here but ourselves place isn't big enough for anyone to be hiding without our hearing them plenty mr gurr said archie firmly and i am sure they are here but it is impossible to search without lights they may be hiding behind the pillars or piles of stones have lights got as soon as possible and then we can come and make them prisoners all this was said in a hurried whisper as the two stood together in front of their men and in absolute darkness for they had advanced into the place far enough for the faint light which filtered down from the trap-door to be completely lost yes but i'd like to be able to tell the skipper that we have got something in the way of a prize for the men can you lead us to it my lad but you couldn't take it away well we might carry one keg aboard as a sample now then where will it be from here give me your hand and i'll lead you right to it there you are take care how you go can you keep close behind us my lads better join hands now then are you ready aye aye came in a low murmur and grasping the master's hand archie led on fully believing that the smugglers were still there but feeling that they would keep in hiding and try to escape when they were gone say my lad whispered the master 
I pity you, I do for my soul. Think of you being shut up all alone in a place like this. Ha! Look out! The order was needless, for the smugglers gave everyone warning to do that. One moment the king's men were advancing cautiously through the darkness. The next, without a sound to warn them, there was a rush. Blows fell thick and fast, cudgel striking head, cutlass, shoulder, anything that opposed the advance, and in less time than it takes to describe the encounter, the sailors were beaten down or aside, and the party of four, who were warned of what to expect by the noise in their front, advanced to the help of their friends, but only to be beaten down or aside by the gang which rushed at them. "'Stop them, Dick! Down with them!' shouted the master, as soon as he could get on his feet. "'Hi, Dick! Pass the word to the boatswain to look out! Here, Mr. Raystoke! Hi, boatswain! Down with that trap and make it fast! Mr. Raystoke, I say, where are you? Which way is it? Who's this?' "'No, no, sir!' cried one of them. "'It's only me!' "'Mr. Gurr, here!' cried Archie. "'Where are you?' "'At last! Where were you, then?' "'On the stones, half stunned!' cried Archie. "'Here, all get together and follow me!' "'What are you going to do?' "'Make for the trap-door! Sharp! They're fighting there!' "'Oh, dear! Who would have thought it was this way?' grumbled the master. "'Talk about blind man's buff! Sure you're going right, lad? Shall I fire a pistol to make a flash?' no i know ha cried gurr as an echoing bang ran through the great cavern bravo boatswain the bang was followed by a heavy rattling sound perfectly familiar to archie as he hurried the master along to the foot of the slope are you all there cried archie yes no no came from different directions then keep up this way and be ready for another rush ay cried the master loudly and I warn you fellows now, I'd have treated you easy, but if you will have it, the word's war, and a volley of bullets next time you come on. No, no, don't fire. You'll hit our own men, whispered Archie as he reached the top of the slope. Ah, who's this? he cried, as he nearly fell over a prostrate figure. Steady, my lad, steady. Steady it is, said another voice. What, Bosun? yes sir and me too oh my head how it bleeds why what are you doing down here they came at us sir like mad bulls and for i knew where i was they had me pair of hands pop up out of the hole takes hold of my legs and i was pulled down had a crack of the head and was danced on and here i am sir and me too sir said the other voice but i'm much worse than him but the smugglers all seem to come over us sir bang the door down and they've been rattling big stones on it there you can hear em now in corroboration of the boatswain's words there was a dull thunderous sound overhead as of great stones being thrown down over the trap door and all listened in silence for a time till the noise ceased the silence was broken by gurr who suddenly roared out as if he had only just grasped the situation why they've got away every man jack of em sir and they all walked over me and they've shut us in yes mr gurr said archie sadly they've shut us in but if they were here cried the master that's what i wanted to do to them i say mr raystoke you've done it now half angry half amused but all the while smarting with the pain caused by a blow he had received archie remained silent 
listening to the heavy breathing and muttering of his companions in misfortune. The sounds above ground had ceased, and it was evident that the smugglers had made good their escape. Again the silence was broken by the master, who, raging with pain and mortification, exclaimed, "'Well, Mr. Ray Stokes, sir, you know all about this place. Which is the way out?' "'Up above here, Mr. Gurr, close to where we stand.' "'Very well, sir. Then why don't you lead on?' "'Because they have shut and fastened the trap, and heaped about a ton of stone upon it. "'Well, then, we must hack through the door with our cutlashes and let the stone down.' "'What's that?' cried Archie excitedly. "'A light!' For there was a dull report and a flash of blue like lightning, and running down the slope, the midshipman beheld that which sent a thrill of terror through him. For away from the far end of the cave there was a great pool of flickering blue light, and as it lit up the ceiling and the huge square stone supports of the place, he saw that which explained the meaning of what had seemed to be a wonderful phenomenon." there beyond the flickering pool of blue and yellow flame which was rapidly spreading in every direction he could dimly see quite a wall of piled-up kegs one of which lay right in the edge of the pool of fire and suddenly exploded with a dull report which blew the tongues of fire in all directions half extinguishing them for the moment but instantaneously flashing out again in a volume of fire which quadrupled the size of the pool and began to lick the sides of the kegs the wretches they fired the spirits before they escaped cried archie who realized to the full what had been done and for the sake of our common humanity let us say it must have been an act of vindictive spite aimed only at the destruction of the proof spirit so that it might not fall into the sailors hands not intended to condemn them to a hideous death back quick to the entrance we must hack down that door roared archie ay ay shouted the men who the moment before were mad with terror but who leaped at the command as if their safety were assured no no shouted the midshipman as a fresh keg exploded and in the flash of flame which followed the place glowed with a ghastly light yes sir yes shouted the men i tell you no cried archie we should be burned or suffocated long before we can get that open and, as in imagination, he saw the men fighting and striving with one another to get to the trap-door, which remained obstinately closed, he clapped his hand on Mr. Gurr's shoulder. "'I know another way,' he cried. "'Follow me!' "'Hooray!' yelled the men, and the lad had taken a dozen steps toward the pool of fire, when a wild shout came from near the entrance. "'All? Who's that?' cried Archie, as he mentally saw a wounded man being left behind." "'Don't leave a poor fellow to be burnt to death, Mr. Raystoke,' cried a familiar voice. "'Ram!' cried Archie, running back to where the boy lay bound behind a pile of stones, forgotten for the time, and unheeded by his companions. "'Yes, it's me,' said the boy excitedly. "'Quick, get up. Can you walk?' said Archie, cutting him free. "'Yes,' cried the lad. "'Then come on.' "'For the top passage,' whispered Ram. "'That's the only way now.' "'Yes, follow me.' The midshipman had hardly given the command when there was another explosion, a fresh flash of fire, which nearly reached them, and he saw beyond the dancing tongues of flame the black opening he sought. But this fresh explosion, one of which he knew scores must now rapidly follow, checked him for the moment, and he saw that Ram had disappeared. "'It's our only chance, my lads,' cried Archie. "'Are you all ready?' "'Aye, aye!' 
Hold your breath, then, as you get to the fire, and follow me. Through that blaze, my lad, whispered the master. Yes, don't stop to talk. Now then, roared Archie, come on. Hooray, cried the men wildly, and Archie dashed forward, but was thrown back and had to retreat, as a fresh keg exploded and added to the size of the pool, now almost a river of fire, many yards wide. It's now or never, cried Archie frantically, and he rushed into the blue flames, which leaped about his feet and up as if to lick his face. A dozen strides, splashing up blue fire at every step, and he was through it, and where a faint current of cold air seemed to be meeting him. Almost as he reached the farther side, the men came leaping and yelling after him, to stand beating the tongues of fire from their feet and legs. Bang! Bang! A couple more explosions, and the men crowded up to Archie, the master included, as if to ask what next. Are you all here? Aye, aye, sir. And that boy? I'm here, cried Ram. Quick, before they all go off. Yes, said Archie. Forward. He led the way into the darkness once more, but into an atmosphere which he could breathe, then up the familiar way, with its rugged steps, and on to the newly mortared wall, with its loophole, through which the glorious light of day streamed. Now, my lads, Cutlass is here. That wall's new. Four of you work and loosen the stones. The others take them and throw them back below. The men cheered, and, headed by Mr. Gurr and Dick, worked as they had never worked before. The stones were hard to move at first, but it was child's play compared to the toil through which the young midshipman had gone when he attacked the wall. First one yielded, then another, and as they were dragged out, the men cheered, and passed them back to those down the rough steps. With every stone removed, hope strengthened the little party, but as the explosions followed fast, and the flames began to flicker and play up the passage in which they were penned, Archie closed his eyes for a moment to mutter a prayer, for his thoughts were getting wild. Just then, he knew that someone else thought as he did, for a hand touched his arm, and a voice whispered, It wasn't my fault. It must have been Jemmy Dad. I say, case they can't make a way out in time. Shake hands once, mate. I do like you. Something like a hysterical sob burst from the young midshipman's breast at this, and, facing death as he was just then, a horrible death which might follow at any moment, the lad's hand grasped that of his young jailer, officer and smuggler, but both boys of one blood, who had fought each according to his lights. Ha! sighed Ram, as he gripped hard, and then let go. Now, then, tell him to shove the stones, sharp, and let them fall out, quick, before the powder catches. Powder? said Archie, in an awe-stricken whisper. Yes, there's a lot not far from the kegs. The men cheered as the fresh order was given, and a new set took the place of those who were growing weary, sending the stones out rapidly, till there was room for a man to creep through. Here, Ram, you through first, and show them how to climb on the shelf. No, no, you lead, Mr. Raystoke, cried the master. Silence, sir, I know what I am doing, yelled Archie. Out with you, Ram. The boy went through like a rabbit, passing something dark before him, and then rapidly one by one the men followed, with the flames roaring horribly now below, and explosion after explosion following quickly. The cave rapidly became a reservoir of fire. Hooray, that's all, cried Mr. Gurr. Now, Mr. Raystoke. No, sir, you. I say you. And I... 
archie yielded to his superior in the expedition crept out and the master was following and got stuck but a fierce tug from a couple of the men set him free and he had only just joined the two boats crew standing side by side on the shelf of rock when the whole cliff seemed to shake and as if the passage they had left were some vast cannon the artificial wall left was blown right out by an awful burst of flame the stones hurtling down as if the end of the cliffs had come and falling with a mighty crash into the chasm the men stood white and awe-stricken expecting the cliff to crumble away beneath them but save that a stream of fire roared out of the opening all was now still then in the midst of the awe-inspiring silence ram spoke i thought it wouldn't be long before the powder caught and then before anyone could reply the lad said quietly i didn't want to be burnt to death better go to prison for smuggling i say i got this rope hadn't we better make it fast somewhere and then you all can get down to the big shelf i'll come last and unfasten it and then how will you get down said the master suspiciously oh said ram laughing i can climb down can't i orficer yes said archie quietly he can get down you will not try to escape will you ram no not i what's the good said ram sadly it's all over now the rope was made fast and by its help the men easily reached the great ledge ram coming down soon after with the coiled up rope about his shoulder and under one arm couldn't have got away if i wanted to he said laughing frankly in archie's face i say i'm hungry aren't you don't i wish i got one of mother's baskets full of good stuff where's your mother asked archie up at the farm and your father oh he went off in the lugger this morning after they tried to run a cargo your cutter was too quick for them though we tried to get out to her but the skipper sent a shot at us and we came back here only you saw us and run us down where do you suppose your men are now asked archie don't know and if i did i wouldn't tell said the boy bluntly i say he added after a pause i gave you a pretty good run last night didn't i you young dog growled the master well if i hadn't you would have found the way in yonder and i wasn't going to let you if i could help it ah you'll be hung sir get out cried ram your skipper won't hang a boy like me think the cutter will be long said the boy after a pause during which all had been watching the flame which seemed to flow out of the opening far overhead i don't know why replied archie because she'll have to come and take us off this rope's long enough and we shall have to slide down into a boat but the cutter was long for the lugger had escaped to holland consequent upon the white hawk being so short-handed and it was toward evening that she came close in to search for the crews and all the party descended in safety to the boat which rowed under in answer to the signals made by firing pistols as to the boats that passed under the archway they were prisoned till the next low water satisfied said the lieutenant after all were on board and he had heard the report more than satisfied i was horribly disappointed at losing the lugger and i made a hard fight for it but your news my dear boy my dear mr gurr this is splendid what a dispatch i can write it will be the breaking up the gang will it not sir asked archie yes my dear boy and an end to this wretched work they must promote me now and draft you too into a good ship 
If we can be together, Mr. Raystoke, I shall be delighted. That same night, as he was thinking about Ram Shackle, Archie went up to the lieutenant, who was walking up and down, rubbing his hands. Beg pardon, sir, but may I ask a favor? A dozen if you like, Raystoke, and I'll grant them if I can. Want to run ashore? No, sir, I want you to be easy with the boy. He was very kind to me when I was a prisoner. Huh, huh, well, I don't know what to say to that. Here, my man, fetch that boy on deck. Ram came up, whistling softly, and looking sharply from one to the other. Now, sir, take off your cap, said the lieutenant sternly. Ram did not look a bit afraid, but he doffed his red cap. I suppose you know, sir, that you'll be sent to jail? Yes, I knew you wouldn't hang me. And pray, what have you to say for yourself? Nothing that I knows on, said Ram. Yes, I have. I say father's gone, and I say he won't come back for ever so long, and I don't want to go among the Dutchmen. May I stop here long of him? There won't be no more smuggling to do. You mean you want to volunteer for his majesty's service? Yes, that's it, said Ram cheerfully. May I? Yes, said Lieutenant Bro shortly. There, you can go below. Ram waved his red cap, tossed it in the air, and turned to Archie. I say, officer, he said, I know where your little sword is. You send one of your chaps tomorrow to mother and tell her I'm aboard and going to be a sailor, and she's to give him your little sword as father put in the top drawer. Archie's eyes sparkled, for the loss of his dirk was a bitter memory. Huh, said the lieutenant, as Ram went below. Not a bad sort of boy. Well, Mr. Raystoke, will that do? Archie shook the hand held out, and went aft to gaze at the cliff, feeling that somehow he liked Ram Shackle. Then he turned, rather despondent, for he knew that the next day would be an expedition ashore, when visits would be paid to the farm and to the hose, and he felt uncomfortable about the Grimes. End of chapter 39